Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Episode of Sheologians. We're here today. <laughs> We're here today. Oh gosh. To put the she in she in. Like shein.com. Yeah. Have you, seen yeah. It? <laughs> you know, I've always she-in. wondered if that's like a legitimate. It's the online Chinese store where you can get 18 outfits for $10. But they run I can tell small you. and large. It just depends on the item. Ask me how much money I've given to Shein. $10. I got three shirts. I wanted to try. Listen. Right. No, no, no. No, I no judgment. No judgment. I have done the same thing. I needed to it know. It wasn't to Shein, but I did order some stuff and then I got clothes that didn't fit me 25 weeks later. <laughs> Okay, so I ordered three shirts from Shein, and they did smell very weird, but they were as pictured, and I didn't mind them at all. I mean, did the t-shirt... Have you been near a fire? (laughs) (laughs) I've not been near a fire. (laughs) I'm trying to remember. Um, So one of them was too small, like way too small. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it was like three sizes smaller than it should have been, but I spent... A dollar fifty on it. So right. well, and if you had wanted to return it, you would have had to go to five post offices yeah. and wait another. Right. It wasn't worth it. Four weeks, right? To and process then the return. another one. Um, one of them, uh, I really liked, but it started pilling really bad after oh. only like I don't know a month of occasional mm-hmm. wear. So that stunk. Yeah. Um, and then one of them in the picture. <laughs> it had it was like this really cute like just plain black and white polka dot shirt and the sleeves looked like a little special but when i got them they were like 80s puffy oh gotcha mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't think i've ever worn it out but again i think that shirt was like 350 yeah so was i really put out by this <laughs> you tried no I tried and now I know and anyway now you know too I was trying to come up with a she and I was like she in I need to put the she in oh yeah I remember my she in she in she in (laughs) Um, yeah that's it hi my name is Summer Yeager here's my beautiful co-host Joy (laughs) that's all I have just today I'm telling you guys about she in you can try it if you want (laughs) wasn't that bad just smelled weird i don't know that's it the end China. if you have if you have an event in a quarter of a year <laughs> if you have something to do next spring <laughs> go ahead and if you're looking for a cheap <laughs> option that might be order what you ordered <laughs> for those of you that like adventure I like being surprised. When am I getting my packages? I mean, this isn't like Amazon. When's the next time you're going to get a $3 adventure? Just saying. <laughs> just just saying. Um, well, you're right. I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And my thought um, that I had was that before you get annoyed by your young children... Um, grabbing your face or screaming your ear or touching you all over or rubbing their mouth on you or hitting you with a hairbrush. Um, just remember that it's because you do a more coordinated version of all those things every day. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, that's really... They learned it from you. They're just not as good. They're just not very coordinated. Yeah, they're not good at brushing your hair. They just, all they know the is hitting is, you with like, the hairbrush. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. When Janny just like climbs on me. One time I told her, 
I was laying on my bed doing something. I was on my stomach. And she, like, came in and laid down on my back, like, full body. Mm-hmm. She's flat on my back. And then she was like, hey. And I was like, hey, that kind of feels good. And so now, whenever I'm laying on my stomach somewhere, she lays on my back. And she's like, I know this feels good. <laughs> Doesn't it feel Sweet. good for you? And I'm just like, oh, you can lay on my back whenever. I love yeah. it. Very it's cute. weird. It would be weird if I did that to you. Right. But like, you know, she's four. Right. And she's it's just, little. I love it. Yeah. She gets in my face. It's cute. I don't care. I love her face. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about it, you get in your kid's face. Like, I do. I don't respect Georgia's personal boundaries. So why would she respect mine? I know. I like grab her face. I grab her face and I kiss know. her. <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, why are you grabbing my face? <laughs> why are you putting your open mouth you all over me? You taught her to. Yeah. It was me. I know. It's so great. I don't even. I love getting up in their faces and yeah, it's just great. I'm mm-hmm. I'm into it. <laughs> it's true. And like something happens where they reach a certain age where you're like, oh, I'm not gonna do that to you anymore. Right. And it's kind of sad, mm-hmm. but it it does happen so naturally. You know, right? That, that you like, almost well, kind of miss it a little bit. You almost miss it yeah. a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, I remember when I used to do that, or mm. we used to be that close, or we would snuggle, or yeah." But then they get older, and it's kind of it changes as it should, obviously. Right. Nothing to mourn, but it is a little sad. You shouldn't grab your 14 year old's face <laughs> and be like, "Come here, you yeah. so cute." Ooh. Yeah, that's a little. <laughs> that's a little weird. He's not in public, but right, right. <laughs> Anyway. I'm, I'm not here trying to tell y'all with 14 year olds what yeah, to do. Yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, hey, welcome. Welcome to Sheologians. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. You can join our very low pressure book club at patreon.com slash or just support us there. And you can check out our shop at shopsheologians.com. You guys keep sending me pictures of drinking like on your porch out of your coffee mug. Ooh. Those are really happy. I really like those. Um, yeah. And Especially we have now that it's getting a more fall Yeah. Not that it is here, but I hear it is in other places. We make it happen <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> we have to do this emotionally. Fall is really an emotion for people in Arizona. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not so much an actual season. And then winter is actually fall. Right. Winter here. is your, yeah, our winter is so, your fall. It's fine. So it's in fine. a few months, we'll be having fires mm-hmm. and gatherings outside, and you guys will be sheltering, <laughs> hunkered inside, down, just like we were a few weeks ago. Yeah, just like we it were. It all in the evens summertime. out. It's fine. We're not. We're not complaining. <laughs> anyway, we're just eager to <laughs> be outside. Right. I'm just really looking forward. To I, it. it really hit me this year that, and I guess I never totally realized it, but you hit a part of the year yes in like august where you're like i just want to get out of my house yes you start to get stir crazy uh-huh. restless it's so and hot. everyone shared that with us this year because of covid mm-hmm. but yeah that's that way for for us every yeah day. i mean it was over it was 115 plus yeah we had a record-breaking for summer months mm-hmm. i mean over 110 every day for yeah. the whole summer yep i mean it was it was like, oh, 110, it cooled down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I'm really, I was actually thinking today, it was like, okay, I have reached the point where now I'm sick of it. Right. Like, I'm ready. But then what happens is you're driving home one day and you're like, it's dark. I'm not sweating. It's dark and it's seven o'clock. Like, right. Like, I know. And then it'll be 530. I know. And it's dark. And you're I'm like, so oh, Christmas I'm, is coming. I'm so excited. I'm not in Nevada. We don't have to do the time change. We don't do time change here. Yeah. And I am so. We will not apologize for that. I am so unapologetic. I have never. Do you think we need to save any daylight here? Do you think we need no, more daylight? We're good. We've had enough daylight. <laughs> um, we're good. We're not messing around with that. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to it. But um, hey, it's a fun story time day. It is. And as usual, we did not discuss who's going first. Uh, who went first? I don't know. The last time. Um, I think maybe I did. Oh, yeah. Wait. Because you told the... The bad blood story. Right? Was it, did we do it again since then? The uh, poisoning. Aquatafana. Mm-hmm. Aquatafana. And I think you went second in that one. I did. Okay. But that being said, I really don't care. <laughs> Okay. I don't think 
I don't think people are going to be like, oh, oh, I can't. Joy's I'm going first this time this again. I'm turning this off. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I will not listen to this unless Summer goes first. It needs to be fair. Just really worried about justice. Yeah, I don't really care either. I guess. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go. Sure. Is yours like dark in any way or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Very. So um, let's do you first. Okay. Because mine's not. Great. So we can end that way because it's very hard to segue to a it goodbye. Is. Great. When you're like. And then uh-huh. she was brutally murdered. All right. Well, that's what all we have. Happy Monday. I hope you have a fabulous week. Uh, make sure to go to the shop. And make good choices. Um, yeah. Okay, great. My story is super dark. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fantastic. I didn't know. I never totally know if it's going to be super, but I'm, yeah. I kind of feel either. like I'm ready for yeah. super dark. It's super dark. Um, but I think it's actually super important. So that's why I'm talking okay maybe not super important maybe a regular amount of important it's regular we've explained our philosophy on (laughs) the importance of some dark things and maybe even bringing a little bit of comedy or lightheartedness yeah but also i think this is a worldview ultimately this is a worldview issue and i'm very interested we do this we are very interested in giving like a worldview lens on things that's why i'm in this that's why i want to do this so right. anyway okay um we're gonna talk about the ayahuasca murders oh mm-hmm. okay yeah and the reason i want to talk about it is actually not just the ayahuasca itself i do think if you don't know what ayahuasca is that's okay we'll talk about it but I also think just from what I've been reading that if you don't know someone who's done ayahuasca within the next five years, you will. Yes. And you are going to need, maybe it'll be convenient for you to be able to speak to the issue of ayahuasca a little bit because ayahuasca tourism, (laughs) I think it grew by like 2000% just in 2020. And that's even with like, lockdowns and like people are still doing it yeah and it's being imported at a crazy anyway okay so um what is ayahuasca i guess i should explain that first so we talked about this i had never heard of it until you and jerry and jeff we were getting ready to do the cultish crossover Uh uh-huh alien one last year yes and um that was when you guys were explaining to me what DMT is and ayahuasca, which is ayahuasca is a plant that is native to Peru. Um, and indigenous tribes have been making this for centuries. Um, and it, it is, it is a very fringe medicine Mm-hmm. medicine it's considered to be medicine by some people and it is becoming more and more mainstream so um until of late basically people would they heard about ayahuasca about its medicinal benefits but it's it's a psychological drug i mean it's yeah. a, it's a class one schedule one they call it um drug and it is considered a medicine but it's like it's a medicine that <laughs> heals like internal wounds and yeah, your mental issues and your yeah. mental issues and um, helps you reconnect with nature and which is why it's becoming so popular because every single person on <laughs> if you were to ask every person right. in the united states has some sort of mental health problem right we all have a mental health problem so <laughs> um and so like i said indigenous people in places like colombia and peru and peru have been brewing it it's a that you brew it into a tea that you drink apparently it tastes awful I don't know. No, um, neither of us know that. And from personal experience. Yes, it's been used for religious or spiritual purposes. So originally, what would happen is the person looking for healing wouldn't drink the ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. It was the shaman, uh, which is, you know, I think just a nice word for witch. Um, if you look into what they do, it's witchcraft. Um, so the shaman would drink the ayahuasca and go on this trip and then connect with 
the spiritual beings or the spiritual realm and then they would sing over you as they were tripping on ayahuasca and then the songs that they would get from the spiritual connections they were making in the spiritual realm and whatever would heal you okay so that's been going on in south america for millennia yeah very 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 long time and then um in 1908, Western scientists kind of began to acknowledge it. And there was this one um, botanist in particular who started studying it because it makes you vomit, like horribly. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to basically understand, like, it, you know, is this helpful? Is this something we could use that would help us? There's a us? technical word for that. Purging. Um, and everything I read was called purging. It's like a scientific oh. word. I don't know. That Matthew knows. Sorry. I just had to interject to let you know that you'll never know that piece of information. Sorry, Matthew. (laughs) So, um, ayahuasca became popular. What? Per, per, what did you say? Purgative. Purgative? Sounds like purgatory. Anyway. Um, so ayahuasca got popular again in the sixties, obviously with the beatniks and the hippies and, um, you know, Jack Kerouac talks about taking ayahuasca and, um, you know, you had all your like science hippies that were going to South America and trying to experience ayahuasca firsthand. And basically this helped bring like ayahuasca onto the map, um, in Western countries and, um, it is now very popular. We talked about this last year. Um, Joe Rogan has mm-hmm. loves tripping on DMT. Apparently, yeah, talks about it. He, yeah, he speaks very glowingly. I don't know how often he does it or anything right. like that. But right, um, Lindsay Lohan has talked about it. Sting has talked about it, and um, Chelsea Handler said it changed her, it changed her life. Is it, this DMT or ayahuasca? Um, well, ayahuasca. Okay, yeah. Um, and I actually read this quote by Mike Tyson that I thought was super interesting. He was, so he was on Joe Rogan's show, um, and he was talking about, I know he was talking about his experience on some, on, um, uh, like a variant of DMT that you don't get from a plant, you get from a frog. Oh yeah. Um, okay. mm-hmm. he said, this is, he said, I look at life differently. I look at people differently. It's almost like, listen to this. It's almost like dying and being reborn. Mm-hmm. It's inconceivable. I tried to explain it to some people, to my wife, but I don't have the words. It's almost like you're dying, you're submissive, you're humble, you're vulnerable, but you're invincible in all. So isn't that interesting? As I was watching like a doc I was watched a documentary about it, about people that have used ayahuasca for different things. Um, one of them, you know, healing from past traumas, healing from addiction. This one had a this one lady, this one was interesting, had a disease where and I forget what the disease is called, but like all of her body was like hardened. Oh, okay. Internal organs, skin. I've heard of that before. Joints. I don't um, know what it's called. Horrible but. disease. We don't yeah. have a we don't have a cure. And since she started tripping on ayahuasca, she's actually like regained her ability to walk again. Like it was a crazy story. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So ayahuasca tourism has become a real big thing. Westerners are paying like thousands of dollars to um, go down to these places in Colombia and Peru and be led, you know, by the shamans in these, what they call, some of them call it a sacrament. um, Some of them call it a ceremony. Some of it call it like a a healing retreat. Um, It's all very religious language, which I find interesting. They don't just like go to a hotel and they like give you... Oh, no, 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 no. There's like a whole... It's a whole ceremony. To it. And it's, yeah. it's very... Um, it is very cultish. And yeah. it's just straight witchcraft. Yeah. So, anyway. you Because you contact things. And yes. people are afraid. You talk and to spiritual people, yeah. beings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's just awful. It's, it's literal. It is pharmakia. This is what... Yes. It's yeah. pharmakia. Um, Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story about Sebastian Woodruff. He was born in October of 76, and he was from um, British Columbia in Canada. Um, Oh, I got all of my information from Cinemaholic, uh, Men's Journal, Vox, and Netflix's Unwell, which is actually a really interesting 
Oh, I've seen that documentary. It's a different, it's, it covers different things, but they had a whole, yeah. uh, I watched the episode on ayahuasca anyway. Huh. Um, so Sebastian Woodruff, he wanted to, he was an outdoors guy and he wanted to become an addictions counselor. And, um, he had a, he had a family member who, uh, was, who abused alcohol and was totally, um, just a total drunkard had been an addict forever. And, um, for some reason, Sebastian Woodruff believed that he could heal his family member through ayahuasca. Like he totally bought into the the narrative around ayahuasca that it will just heal you from whatever traumas you have. Yeah. And it has a lot of um now please don't let this be a glowing review of it because um well anyway. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of people that say there are actual Mm-hmm. psychological benefits or like you said even physical benefits but um right i don't think that means that it's not evil <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> um <clears throat> so excuse me he so he decided that he was going to go to peru and he was going to learn everything he needed to know about ayahuasca and how to use it to heal addictions and trauma and stuff like that <clears throat> sorry i apparently don't know how to drink water all of a sudden can ayahuasca help that? <clears throat> um. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> it's probably not worth probably it. Probably not. Don't, don't try it. It's, it's not worth it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> okay. So he raises a bunch of money <clears throat> and he's going to go down south and he is going to learn how to heal people through the use of ayahuasca. Um, unfortunately... That's not really what happened. So he, there was a local shaman, um, uh, last name Aravalo, and she was like the matriarch of the people down there in this specific village that, I mean, it is known for its ayahuasca tourism. And um, Olivia Aravalo was the matriarch of the village. I mean, she was, I mean, she was their shaman, which in those cultures, I mean, the shaman is... They're the center of the community yeah the center of the community um and so he you know he went to her he was he paid um lots and i mean thousands and thousands of dollars to basically buy his way into this community gave them lots and lots of money and was supposed to learn how to use ayahuasca so that he could take it back to his country essentially and help heal people and this is this was his goal this is what he's going to do you can still see his um I think it was like an Indiegogo like fundraiser fundraising page. It's still up. Um, oh, interesting. Where he was, you know, basically trying to he was trying to do this. So, um, unfortunately, there is quite a uh, clash between this very secluded tribal people in the jungle and Westerners, and this brings up a lot of conflict. Although the tribal people in the jungle are more than willing to take the thousands and thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. from the foreigners, there's still a lot of tension there and mistrust and general dislike. Um, And so it was reported that there were various times when Sebastian um, was aggressive with the people and they came into conflict essentially what we do know is that um olivia aravalo the shaman in the tribe um they had a good relationship at one point and it eventually went bad now the reason why the story is kind of hard to give you a solid timeline on is there is a lot of mystery around this because both sebastian and olivia aravalo end up dead by the end of the story there were drug dealers. There were pe- shady deals involved. There were um, just a lot of, we don't know, right? There's a lot that's shrouded in mystery. So what we do know is there were reports of Sebastian being aggressive. One time, supposedly, he was like walking the streets at night with a club in his hand. Um, and so 
at one point, basically, the story goes that Sebastian had been financially ripped off um, by someone in the Arvalo family. And because he'd been ripped off, um, he went to make the situation right or to confront whoever it was in the village that ripped him off. Um, at some point in 2018, he rented a room in Peru and he bought a gun. So we know he bought a gun. We know he rented a motorcycle and that he was in Peru. We know that he had reported to the police that he had been ripped off. Um, huh. Here's what, what happened next in April um, was that he went to the town um, and he was outside Olivia Arvalo's house and he was shouting for one of her family members to come out. And I think he was the what we think happened was he was going to confront whoever had ripped him off in right. these drug deals. And um, all of that to say, uh, Olivia ends up shot on her doorstep. The matriarch, the shaman, the center of everyone's life here in this and town. And I'm guessing they don't. At this point, they don't really like this guy anymore. They didn't like him at all. And then he all. shot they their had, precious. They had stolen his money. They were essentially, it sounded like trying to force him out. And now he's shown up. And apparently, I mean, apparently what we're being told is we don't, we, it's shady. If you try to follow okay. the evidence, it's kind of shady. But okay. apparently he shot, supposedly, allegedly, mm-hmm. he shot her. And then, um, because this video was later uploaded um, to the internet by a Peruvian news outlet, um, a horrible, horrible video is uploaded of Sebastian being horribly and very publicly lynched. I mean, like bad. Like the town was like, no. And the villagers are just watching and he's being... Well, and they recorded it. And it was being recorded and, so and he was being slowly murdered. They were very purposeful about how um, they... Yeah. So it's not clear what happened in the moments before Olivia was shot. We don't know. But what we do know is how Sebastian met his end and we were able to see that it was pretty bad. Um, some of the local authorities say that forensic testing did prove that he had pulled the trigger and killed Olivia. But again, there's just a lot of drama surrounding that actually being the well, real and story. Well, in a very, criminal, very interesting criminal justice system because he actually went to the police to report that mm-hmm. he had been wronged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> regarding drug money (laughs) so yes sort of well and one of the men in the video that slowly and publicly lynched sebastian Mm -hmm. was the mayor of the town and none of the men in the video have ever been charged with anything Hmm. um so anyway on april 21st 2018 the footage of his public lynching was posted to facebook um, Man. when the authorities saw it, they knew who Sebastian was and th- because they'd been looking for him because they had heard that he was the one that had shot Olivia Arevalo. Um, and so the police w- found her body and they found the bullet holes. They, they, they did say that they matched, um, Sebastian's gun again. So basically the community like covered this up. Yeah, well, it wasn't that far away that they found um, Sebastian's body, like, not really covered. Like, they lynched him and kind of just, like, threw him and left him. And when the authorities came, like, they didn't have to try to find him. But the community tried to handle this without involving law enforcement. Yes, they took it into their own hands entirely. Um, So what this led to was just a crazy, crazy debate amongst ayahuasca users um just about you know should the tribe have taken justice into its own hands um others were blaming saying this was woodruff's fault like he shot the shaman what did he expect um and of course then the very woke conversation started happening of like these white colonizers what do they expect is going to happen um and so you know (sighs) My whole thought on this is the reason I want I wanted to talk about it is number one, 
you are eventually within the next five years going to know somebody who has taken ayahuasca or wants to take ayahuasca or knows someone in their family who is an active ayahuasca user. Like the way that it's growing, like you eventually are going to come across it. Um, If you have friends or family that listen to Joe Rogan, they've already been sold that this might be a great idea. Mm. Um, And when I came across the story, what really bothered me what bothers me in all the coverage of this and in every conversation I've heard about this and every article I've read about this, every, not a single one of them is pointing out that like we're talking about drugs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a cultic practice in which everyone gets high and does crazy things. Right. And and the way that people talk about it it's just like with respect for the shaman Mm -hmm. and respect for the indigenous culture but what we're talking about is people who like this is a this is witchcraft right like if you if you look into what this is and what this practice is um it's witchcraft There's, there's a church in florida um i forget it's like the holy church of ayahuasca or something like that where like this this is a a sacred practice and every discussion about it this is a this is a religious practice and the point is to contact demonic beings yes it, that's the point it's not like um like even dmt i think is considered more of like a spiritual experience where you sort of confront like what life is and the human yeah, experience yourself. yeah uh-huh. whereas ayahuasca is absolutely meant for you to come into contact with other things yes. it's not about like self-exploration it's about you being escorted through this experience yes. by a shaman and by yeah other stuff well and it's being sold to people as a way to as a legitimate way to heal trauma so in the documentary that i watched about it you know they introduce you to this woman who um she tells this horrible story i mean my stomach just sank listening to it where um you know she had had a daughter when she was 18 she was a single mom meets this great guy they get married um you know he adopts the daughter they're a happy family you know, a decade or so in, he goes on, they were former, um, I think they were in combat over in Afghanistan. Okay. And um, his doctor puts him on some depression medication because he had really bad PTSD mm-hmm. from what he saw in the war. And, um, you know, he just said he was stressed at work. He needed some help and he was struggling with some stuff and the wife didn't suspect anything. And anyway, one day um, over the phone, the doctor like increases his dose and um, she she didn't know at the time that um, it was a black box warning on the depression meds, which I guess has to do with like this could be potentially dangerous right. medicine to some people. He wasn't really being overseen very well. Anyway, she's at work. She gets a call um, from the police officers and they were like, hey, there's two dead bodies in your house. It appears to be your husband and your daughter. Um he went crazy. He shot their daughter and then oh shot himself. Gosh. And obviously this was a completely devastating experience. And as she's telling the story, she's saying that she was ready to kill herself yeah. a, few, a few years later. She couldn't mm-hmm. carry the weight of it. And I mean, that's like an extremely... It's extreme. It's an extreme story. I can't imagine having to carry... No. That. It, al- like, no. it almost seems like you couldn't. Right. How do you carry that? Yeah. Um, well, she turned to ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And according to her, after she her first trip on ayahuasca, she experienced so much healing um, that she wasn't even close to even remotely being suicidal anymore. Yeah. That's how much this healed her. And so at the end of the day, whenever people talk about like this industry and this tourism and the indigenous, the indigenous peoples and all the healing that happens and... Um, you know, just having respect for for the shaman culture and the ayahuasca culture. And, you know, it's these rich, like, Western tourists that are coming down. Like, they're the bad guys. They're the colonizers. And the problem with this is that it completely veils and protects the facts that these tribes are luring rich white folks down there and dealing them drugs in and and uh inviting them to be a part of you know their witchcrafty ceremonies Mm -hmm. like it's you can't pretend that this is all about this nice at worst well at best it's a con right at worst right uh it's evil right (laughs) right and so i mean 
when you think about it, it, this does speak to, especially if you guys watch the documentary, what you hear over and over, the people being um, interviewed, is that they sought out ayahuasca because they had this great need. Mm-hmm. They had a great need. And ayahuasca became their savior. And um, as Christians, we have a better savior to offer. We have a savior who actually saves. Well, and the reason why I mentioned it working, it working doesn't sway me. What would be, I mean, if you were trying to, um, I mean, it's called temptation. <laughs> right. It's attempting. Right. If it wasn't. It wouldn't be tempting right. if it was unsuccessful. Right. And there are a lot of people. Um, Demons regardless, are ready to give you power. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of whether it's health, power, sexual gratification. Right. Um, Whatever it is. There are plenty of things that legitimately happen mm-hmm. when you are uh, mm-hmm. dealing with this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, the people who were practicing pharmacia weren't just like, oh, you know, I just love the high. That's not what was happening. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, so it working is not necessarily just the go. That doesn't make it right. That's pragmatism. Right, yes, yeah. (laughs) We're not pragmatists. And it's not that I... it's not that I, I'm against colonization in the way of entering a culture and changing the way that it uh, it's family practices or the way they dress or the way, right. you know, I'm not for that kind of thing. I think that's wrong. Right. Um, but when you uh, spread the gospel, you are what the world would consider a colonizer because mm-hmm. you are, you're going to change the culture. Right. <laughs> yes. And and we should do that. And I, I think um, this speaks to the great human need of, we all are born looking for, our own righteousness. We're all we're all born looking to be justified. We're all born looking to be sanctified and right. made clean. And as Christians, I think one thing that is incumbent upon us is, um, and I read this great thing from Nancy Piercy this morning. She made the point. She said, Christians should speak out on moral issues, not because they feel offended or because their cherished beliefs are threatened, but because they have compassion for those who are trapped by destructive ideas. Right. And over and over, everything I hear from an ayahuasca user is this very destructive idea that through the, through getting high, through this psychedelic experience, through contacting these other spiritual beings, cough, cough, they're demons, um, that they are reaching some kind of sanctification, justification, um, that they're being made clean, that they're they're being given this healing. And it's like, no, this is more slavery. Yeah. Um, ayahuasca is not your savior. Um, and it's not some just like cute little indigenous thing that is morally neutral that we should have a soft view on because we don't want to be called cololonizers like no this yeah. needs to be colonized for Jesus um the well, kingdom of God of will cute. throw this down no like obviously it's not cute like even what this woman went through right it's not cute and no. she's looking for freedom and she's right. finding enslavement she's there's right. this illusion mm-hmm. that there's healing mm-hmm. even in the story of that one person who um was physically doing better Mm -hmm. through using ayahuasca you know she's they were saying like on the screen they would say like uh you know ayahuasca uses or something or experiences whatever they wanted to call it like two three times this lady was at like 65 which was the most of anyone else on the show and it's like she has to do this over and over and over and over she's in a cycle of slavery to that substance um so Anyway, I just I thought it was interesting because I do think more and more we're going to have to know ayahuasca is it, it cannot be separated from its uh, its religious demonic element in any way. No, that's, um, yeah, that's what it's used for. And no one it no one is trying to separate it. Everyone's very upfront. This is a church. This is a ceremony. The church in Florida that like gives ayahuasca retreats, they call it the sacrament. Are you ready to take the sacrament? Um, so this is serious and we need to be able to, I think, be ready to speak to it again, not because our beliefs are being threatened, but because we have compassion for people who are looking for a savior in all the wrong places and who end up, um, 
you know, and it is very dangerous to use too. That's a whole other, we can yeah. go off into the weeds mm-hmm. there. But, uh, you know, I saw the video of this lady having a horrible seizure and waking up in the hospital from using it. It's not safe in any way. Well, and from what I've heard, it's not like it's not fun physically it's physically difficult yeah um mm-hmm. yeah it's you and you and, and it and it's very scary uh-huh. it's not like um people don't generally report this like like you can it's have not a bad like trip. a like a <laughs> yeah it's it's the things people are scared by the things yeah. that they contact while they're yes. doing ayahuasca yes so it's not happiness and light but anyway as far as the Stephen Woodruff story, or Stephen, I keep wanting to call him Stephen, it's Sebastian. <laughs> as far Sorry. as the Sebastian Woodruff story goes, his family in Canada is still trying to get answers. And we know we know who murdered him. They have not been brought to justice. It's on video. It's on video. We don't know that they ever will, um, just because of all the conflict down there between, you know, the indigenous tribes, the official cities, and, you know, it's a horrible story. But honestly, like, are there drug deal stories that, like, have happy endings? Right. You know? Like, let's not whitewash this and be like, well, you know, he was was just trying to find healing and the shaman was just trying to help people. Like, that is such a dishonest way to look at the story. Right. Anyway. The end. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad we didn't have to end with that story. Me too. <laughs> we don't even have to try to well now we have to try to switch into mine yeah but. i'm so excited about whatever this is gonna be <laughs> it's happier right yeah okay great. this is just something that i've always thought to be so interesting i actually did find i started thinking about this when i was reading this very dark true crime book that okay. took place and around this time <laughs> okay um but uh anyway it's very interesting how that Uh all comes full circle but um and then i've actually wanted to do talk about this a few times and i don't know if there's just been like a surge in articles written on it or whatever but i've tried to look into it before yeah and there wasn't really a lot and when i went to go look into it this time it was a lot i was like huh okay a surprising amount okay and i'm gonna it's something that maybe you won't find interesting, but hopefully I make it interesting I because I really, I didn't think it, it doesn't face value. It seems like it's not really anything. Right. It's not. And it's not really, it's a, okay. Just tell me I'm going to tell you I'm the ready. story. I'm so ready. Um, My octopus is ready too. <laughs> is that weird to say? I want to tell you guys about the history of uh, aquariums. Oh, I'm here for that. And mainly like, what they call institutional or public aquariums. So like okay. aquariums that you visit, yeah. like large scale. No, I watched the show, The Aquarium. Have you watched it? No. It's so great. It's about the Georgia Aquarium. And it's right. literally just what they do in the aquarium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I watch it and I cry yeah. every week. Well, so I'm going to give you <laughs> some information and okay. just some perspective. Oh, on no. This. Am I going to be sad? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no. And see, the thing is, is I would love to do like an, I imagine there were like, okay, anyway, I'm just going to (laughs) start. Okay. So, um, the beginning of aquariums has actually already been covered on our show because you talked about goldfish. I did talk about goldfish. Goldfish were really the first fish that were kept. Okay. As like pets slash decor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been around for a long time. That started in China, right? If I'm remembering correctly. And there have been Xi'an, man. Generally cutting edge. You know what they started? They started aquariums. They started the Rona. (laughs) Just they kind of took a little step back when it came to clothing. (laughs) Not as great. Not as great. But but, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um Okay, so, um, but anyway, suffice it to say, uh, people have been keeping fish as usually like wherever there's like money and like a powerful regime. Oh, yeah. People are keeping fish. Yes. For pleasure. Of course. Not just like. If I walk into your house and you have a nice fish tank, I'm like, dang, are you in tech? I follow. (laughs) Are you in the tech business? Um, I know you're in tech. uh, I'm on this Reddit page called uh, Planted Tank, and it's all like. it's not like fish tanks. There are fish in some of them, but it's mainly um, 
it's all like live plants and kind of just it's yeah. a whole, it's a whole hobby thing. and very yeah. intense thing my and grandpa, some of them are beautiful yeah my grandpa had a saltwater tank actually and like i knew every time i was there he was taking care of a saltwater yeah. fish well so and that so basically aquariums kind of took on this uh it was about plants like people would have aquariums to to look at aquatic plants okay um and it and it wasn't really for pleasure. It was naturalists that, oh, okay. uh, and so, so you see, it was very primitive up until a certain point, basically right. is what I'm saying. So sure. while people had goldfish and pets and yeah, goldfish are like, and it was a sign kill. of, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was all primitive. Like think pond, yeah, pond in my like castle. Pond. Yeah. <laughs> it was not anything. I would like love a pond in my castle right now. to be completely honest. Um, but so I was reading this book and someone was, <laughs> this was a nonfiction book. It was a report of an actual like Victorian era murder. Okay. But like one of the people involved goes off and like gets a job and they start developing glass. Oh. And uh, they were talking about developing super thick glass that still maintained its clarity and didn't. Mm-hmm like distort what was behind the glass Important. anyway okay so um they didn't get cloudy warped so it, basically i realized when i was when i read that little thing and it's just one like one sentence out of the entire book the rest of the book is totally about murder <laughs> but i realized i had taken something for granted every time i had been to an aquarium What's that? And it made me want to know, like, what kind of crazy stuff people had to go through to create sure. aquariums as they exist. What was the line in the book? Today. It was just talking about this guy, the son in the story. He gets this job trying yeah. to develop glass <laughs> at large scale that's super thick, that yeah. isn't cloudy and yeah. doesn't distort what's behind I've the glass. Never thought about that. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going to give you some guys some things to think about. Okay about why it is so amazing like why an aquarium in and of itself just the structure and the ability to hold fish in there yes is, is amazing. amazing so and you t and i just the more i thought about it the more i was like i totally take this for granted so okay so obviously the first thing to consider is crystal clear glass was not always a thing i've never thought about that in my life and especially super thick because the thicker you make so it was already hard to get glass perfectly clear to where you could actually sense. see through it that makes sense like that was an innovation that had to happen how do they do it i don't even know i don't even <laughs> i don't even know okay yeah i mean i could I there's know. like i could guess and go into yeah. some of the science but it's not even yeah like it's not even so much that is just that at some point someone had to say like this should be clear <laughs> yes i want to be able to see through this well you know what here's here's a real quick thought i have for you like men drive ingenuity. Uh -huh. So you know how I'm sure this is happens in your own special way with Matthew, but like I can't go anywhere or do anything without Eric coming. Like we're just sitting there at the beach and he's just like, you know what we should do with the ocean? And here comes his invention. Okay. Constantly. Somebody should make something that fill in the blank. Uh -huh. I mean, everywhere we go, we're sitting in the movie theater. Someone I do that, but it's usually that, weird stuff. Oh, and it's just weird. But it's like this. It's like he cannot stop thinking up inventions, things that people should make. And sometimes he'll see something. There was a commercial. I'll never forget. A commercial came on TV and he was like, oh, I thought of that when I was 14. <laughs> idea like they finally made it you know have you ever been um somewhere with a guy and he like inspects the building oh <laughs> yes. i love my stepdad does that and i love it right it, it, and it, it's it just really, like hmm, okay, i want to check this no out. <laughs> seriously eric i probably can't say this on air but you know what he works on for a living uh-huh okay well there was some as we're walking down this alley in laguna he stops and he looks at him and he's like oh man it would be awful to work on these blah 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 blah. telling me all the reasons he's he's like oh that's got a such and such thing on the flippy switcher over there thing <laughs> oh that's horrible do you know what you have to do to deal with those i'm like no no i don't know i, I don't, don't know anything i don't you're do what about. you do <laughs> you know anything you're talking about i don't know anything so anyway uh yeah yes 
that's how men are. But that's why we have clear glass. Right. It's because some guy was like, you know what we should do? We should be able to see through this. Right. <laughs> Right. And it changed the world. Like, it, this shouldn't just be a container anymore. No, it should like, be something else. Or what if I could see through the container so that I know what's inside the container? No, this is why we have things. Right. Because um, <laughs> men are always like, how can I build this thing I want? Right. Dominion. And then somebody Colonizing. has to figure it out. Yes. Um, and so, uh, but yeah. And so obviously then, like, we know from glasses... That Mm -hmm. glasses, like face glasses, optometry glasses, that the thicker you make glass, it's going to distort what's on the other side. Right. So like in terms of an aquarium, like it, it, yeah, sure. It would be awesome to have a bunch of big fish in an aquarium. But like if you don't do the glass right, they'll look all like wobbly and weird or you won't see them at all. You'll just see like the sandy, gritty. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe shadows. And so... And then another thing to consider is temperature regulation. Like you can't just put a bunch of water in a glass tube and have it stay the right temperature. Right. That's not a thing. No. So the other thing is movement. So water movement in an aquarium is incredibly important because it circulates oxygen through the water. Right. Um, It removes fish and bacteria emit all kinds of gases and it moves it up to the surface so that it can go out of the water. It also moves debris and bacteria so that the water stays clear. So you have to have some way for movement to happen in the water. But you're just in a you're not in the ocean. There's no waves. There's no tide. There's no nothing. Right. So you have to figure that out. Also filtration. Um, now we have obviously in the beginning a lot of filtration was biological like they would use plants that had natural filtration properties but now they have mechanical filtration but that obviously requires innovation right and maintenance and cleaning because you have to clean filters and and y'all have seen finding nemo (laughs) Um, no and then chemical filtration exists as well but you also have to innovation is required there because you can't just dump chemicals into a a glass container of living things and it will kill everything. Indeed, you should not. <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, a little bit of bleach. I'm sure the fish will like that. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, and another thing, water. Right. The water, what water you use. Pumps are required. Right. Um, along with ocean water. This is why. Or I city water plus salt. I can't salt. have a salt tank because of all these things. It's right. It's too much. It's too much. Okay. Well, so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to explain to you. Okay. And I looked up some like surrounding dates to give us some sort of anchor for where we are in history. Okay. Great. So around the same time that Arizona became a state. 1912. When we got the land rights oh, okay. to Arizona. Just kidding. So not like officially, but okay. the land rights. Sorry, I should have been more clear about okay. that. Um, you didn't know I was up on my Arizona facts. Back to, back to, <laughs> oh no. February 14th, girl. Yeah, there you Arizona know. natives. February 14th, we know, I know. We know like, when Arizona Don't ask me about any other state. <laughs> don't ask me about a single you one. You want to know some Soro facts? Because I know I those Soro too. I have Soro facts. <laughs> I have Palo Verde facts. Don't know where Louisiana is. Continue. <laughs> Cactus Wren? Yeah. Cactus Wren? I'll tell you all about it. State bird? <laughs> it's great. Um, okay. Anyway, so um, around that time, so we're talking about eight, the 1850s here. Okay. So obviously tons Two of natural... Two years natu- after Seneca Falls Convention. So tons of in... in Feminists are coming around. Sorry. In uh, England, there's tons of... Like naturalism is like... Taking it, hold. Like... Finally, you can become a scientist as a job. Right. <laughs> it yeah. really. It's really becoming yeah. Yeah, a thing. And so um, there were early naturalists, which is kind of what I assumed. I was like, obviously, sure. the first people who would want to put animals into a box so that they could observe them. Right. Would be scientists. Right. <laughs> They're going to say the British. <laughs> the British. But also our British, British listeners are like, hey. Well, so we started out with like wooden boxes oh, with like no. rubber tubing that would like you'd have to be super close to the ocean because you'd have to be able to like pump water in (laughs) and pump it out to keep fish alive and i even have to imagine they didn't live for very long i don't feel like that went well but so um so 
and obviously the very first um the very first aquariums were more successful with your more simple ocean animals of course so like coastal invertebrates yeah we're talking about anemones urchins things like that um but so uh philip henry goss Hmm. he's our guy okay he was effectively the first person to create and unveil a public aquarium okay made with glass in 1853 at the london zoo Oh, okay. He unveiled the first. I want to go there. Aquarium. Okay. Me too. Um, I just Googled first aquariums. I'm listening. And. I'm looking at weird pictures. He was a Christian. Of course. I mean, naturally. At the time, he denied evolution and never referenced it in his writings. Go, man. And he believed nature exploration was a spiritual exercise. It is. It is. Which as is we why, talked about last which week. Which is why I was like, is. you guys better. Okay. <laughs> Um, so shortly after that, he released the aquarium, an unveiling of the wonders of the deep sea. I love this guy. And he basically when I meet him in eternity, I'm gonna be like, Thanks, I know, man. I know. I enjoyed great all work. my aquarium trips. <laughs> and this is the type of guy that you're base. He was basically like, people. I want people to, to see, see this. Yeah, because it's important to me. Yeah, and it's important in a. Mm-hmm. larger sense well and christians are like innovators in that way we have right. this we have a a reason to explore that is so much better than unbelievers because right. we want to see the glory of They're god just like, we look wanna... at this accident that happened yeah, oh this is a crazy accident this <laughs> beautiful fish but like no we see like the purpose and what it points to and which some people some people would even consider what we're talking about now as like call another colonization against nature yeah um which is just worldview difference i'm okay with that (laughs) because what happened so after he wrote the aquarium and unveiling of the wonders of the deep sea so cool it became he even outlined in that book how to keep an aquarium like in your home and so it became more popular to to take coastal souvenirs with you and keep them and alive then at your house. Keep them alive at your house. Yeah. And so basically what he said is like he was a naturalist that wanted to study these things and he was like, it is important for other people to be able to know this stuff, to see this stuff. Right. It's amazing. Right. So 1853, all the way the, and the, you know, my story here is not complicated, but by the time it was nineteen twenty eight, mm-hmm. there were nearly fifty public aquariums worldwide. So cool. So like, so cool. Less than a hundred so years. It's so to think about like an original aquarium made out of wood, like pumping water right. from the ocean, and then like looking at people pictures of like people standing in the Georgia aquarium right. with yes. like multiple story tall. Now aquariums. we have aquariums that are nowhere near yeah. the ocean. The aquarium here is fantastic, and I love nowhere it. near in the middle of the desert. Yes, I'm looking at sharks. It's insane. It's insane. Um. And so that's the last thing. The last thing I want you to consider that you've taken for granted is that without aquariums, your life today is completely different. Mm-hmm. You are totally ignorant of what's going on. Down of what's there. going on under the because when you get into the ocean, you can't see it like you can in an aquarium. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. You just it's like murky and yeah. Um, and what I'm saying is is that mm-hmm. even though it may not affect your everyday life, yeah. But what this guy did. Mm-hmm. And what all the people did that innovated the, the way to control to glass, temperature. to temperature, to right. pumps, to to yeah. how to uh, water salinization, mm-hmm. all this stuff, like all the people that worked together to mm-hmm. create just yeah. an aquarium, which is right. a tiny blip right. on the screen of history. Creations right. of humankind. <laughs> <laughs> and what you have here is yeah. your life would be completely, completely different. different. Mm-hmm. Without glass, you would have we no, don't even know. You would have no like memories to access of mm-hmm. seeing a fish in crystal clear water or a turtle mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, My life would be completely different. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. About you and guys, it doesn't but... even matter. Like if you've been, <laughs> even if you've been to an aquarium once, even if you've right. never been to an aquarium, because guess what? Yeah, the pictures we've seen of fish are probably From taken an in an aquarium. Right. Um. I mean, either that or like maybe some crystal clear waters off of the coast of Australia. You know what I mean? But there's not a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about looking over the 
the Pacific Ocean. Don't know if you've ever been snorkeling in the Pacific Ocean. Not great. Not crystal it's clear. Not great. Not crystal clear. <laughs> no. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. Ton. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it scarier yeah, even. It's actually, <laughs> I can't see what's coming for me. And there's no bioluminescence. But it really, do, it really like, yeah, it changes it's changed your total perspective yeah. of like what's underneath. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is you can have a different right. opinion about colonizing the ocean. Right. Um, but the point is, is that a Christian, he was so interested in this and he loved it so much. And he thought he was like, I want everyone yeah. to be able to see this. And the fact is, is without him, you don't care. Right. You don't care nearly as much. Mm-mm. I know we all have our opinions about orca whales and captivity <laughs> and all that stuff. Right. Um, but if we hadn't been able to see them right. with our The eyeballs. point is, without SeaWorld, you don't care about orca whales nearly mm. as much. Right. Because when are you near them? Right. Never. Yeah. <laughs> when have you seen them? Never. I do also want to um, make a note that I think is so interesting, um, is that great white sharks are nearly impossible to keep in captivity. Hmm. which is why none of them are kept in captivity. Why is that? Um, And nobody really knows why. Uh, The longest I think one has been kept alive is like 128 days at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. But basically what happens is you put them, it doesn't, and it doesn't matter how large of a tank you put them in. They like forget how to swim. Hmm. So then they can't breathe and they stop eating. They stop eating. That's interesting. Well, I know that, and they're like one of the only things that really does that. I know they really have to dive that. a lot. Yeah. They dive a lot. Yeah. So I wonder if it has to do with the diving that it's like, they need the pressure change. It's like before they even, they put them in the tank and before they even explore their surroundings. They start dying? They just stop swimming. They what? won't swim. That's it's like so they know. They're like, no, I refuse. And it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's because like. I give up. <laughs> because they can. I know that like it talk, you know, you hear facts like how many miles away they can smell blood and yeah. there's like electrical mm-hmm. impulses involved in mm-hmm. uh, some of their senses and stuff. So I don't know if they just like really short circuit or whatever. Yeah. But they just like stop wanting to live. Their That's will really to live just goes away completely. Yeah. Well, I'm totally into, I'm into dominion and aquariums and things like that. I am very against orca whales being held in captivity. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. No, I definitely. Like, and obviously if great whites are just going to die, like you put right. them in the tank to die. Yeah. I don't think we should be doing that. Right. That's, That's not, not a... taking great dominion right. yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, we disagree with that. Yeah. That's um, really not dominion. But anyway. Yeah. And I also don't. Uh, so blackfish is a um great documentary i think it's an atrocity yeah (laughs) but um (laughs) i do not think orca whales should be kept in captivity that is my personal opinion yeah i don't think so either um but i'm not a blackfish person (laughs) no i'm not a blackfish person i still don't think they should be in captivity but that's a whole other conversation yeah anyway um that was just my like and i just like I said, not a lot of science behind all the stuff, but I just no, want you to consider yeah. like how much innovation just went into you being able yeah. to experience that. what is under right under the water, right in the ocean. No, it's super cool, and I just think it. You know, Christians really do have a vision for the world that leads to so much more like life and innovation and enjoyment, and even just like in the medical field, think about. Um, all the think about the hospitals hospitals like if you look at the history of hospitals hospitals started because of Christians why because we believe that humans are made in the image of God so we have this we put this price tag on the value of human life that like unbelievers have no reason to nursing nursing is a career completely built because of Christian Christian values mm-hmm. Christian worldview and all this like innovation and stuff like that like making life better on earth for humans taking dominion in a responsible way like these are really christian values and there's no reason for unbelievers to do it you know it's like when i started listening to like all the talk about nasa years ago like why are we spending all this money to explore space when we have poor people here but like look at what happens in like state run especially like very liberal cities where you just have entire cities like being take over, taken over by homeless people, people who can't mm-hmm. even afford to live there. Right. And so it's like, you see how, what all the liberal policies lead to. They lead to Detroit. They lead to the tent cities. But they're talking about how they don't want to innovate and like, 
put money into NASA. NASA is the right. reason we have MRIs. Think about how yeah. many how many lives have been saved because we have MRI technology. You know what I mean? And the MRI more is a result. More than you'll ever know. <laughs> more than you'll ever know. And the MRI technology is a result of NASA's innovations trying to get out into space. And all of right. this is based on like that kind of innovation is a Christian vision for the world. And I just, it excites you, me. I mean, and that's the thing is there's not, and that that's this weird like quandary with moral policing. Like if you're, if the burden on your heart is to innovate and make something new, please go that way. Yeah. If the burden on your heart is to take care of people that are in right. pain, please, please follow that. that. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's right. no, there is no, um, we have the ultimate standard for moral oughts. Um, and right. It, allows you to go both ways right like you don't you don't have to just go right like it, it doesn't just say oh we'll only take care of widows and orphans right um it does no that's our, not your our only God option is a creator yeah. and we can create and innovate and appreciate i always think about like if i wasn't a christian why would i even bother to appreciate what's around me because it is just a cosmic accident like right. it has no other meaning like why make an aquarium who cares well this the only hard. motivation you'd have it's is hard for to make it's hard to make glass clear right and i don't want to do it <laughs> so I'm not do and it. there's people starving over there right so just gonna make soup or yeah. something mm-hmm. well and maybe you should but you know i just right. think that whole idea of just like how he he knew who created it so it was worth taking the time to find a way to see it right it's like jesus made it it's got to be worth it's here for right. a reason it's telling he us said something. it was he and i liked that it wasn't a spiritual experience mm. it was a spiritual exercise exercise it took work right yeah. that's so cool mm-hmm. that's a way better note to end this on i'm so glad i had the foresight <laughs> to, to ask, ask you that, that question, question. <laughs> man all right the moral of today is love god love neighbor let's just make that the moral of every episode don't practice witchcraft don't practice witchcraft enjoy glass and all the beautiful yeah, things if you're lucky enough Lord to live by made. a nice massive aquarium well unfortunately if you're privileged enough to um live by a massive aquarium I you probably sure can't am. go there <laughs> it's probably closed yeah there's that oh as actually well. when i said okay I need to read you this sentence. Okay. It said, without aquariums, all the pictures you have in your head about the sea grow dark and grimy and empty because you cannot see the ocean the way you can see it in an aquarium. Aquariums have changed your experience in the world. What I'm saying is you have aquarium privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Aquarium privilege. I do. It's a thing. It's a thing. And you don't have to feel bad about it. I don't feel bad at all. Not even close to feeling bad. I feel so great about it. Because it, it is. It's a luxury. It's not necessary. It is a luxury. The world goes on without right. aquariums. Right. But, but the world is so, enriched by them. It is enriched. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a good week. Yeah. I don't know. This The secret code word is aquarium, aquarium. privilege. Aquarium privilege. <laughs> you cannot comment unless you say aquarium <laughs> privilege because we'll know that you didn't listen. All right, guys, leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Hit us up at patreon.com slash theologians. Check out the store at shopsheologians.com. And we'll see you next week.